0: Episode fifty-four. Here's that transition. You know, I just got to the point where I was sick of losing money. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading...
1: Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Scott Malatesta on the show from tradenet.com. So we're going to hear from Scott in a minute, but, but before we jump into that interview, which is, by the way, a fantastic interview, and we got to, got the chance to record... A video after and learn how Scott sees the markets. Funnily enough, we had conversations around the VWAP again. The VWAP's come up again. So if you've been following along on some of the recent interviews, you would have heard VWAP come up uh, in the past. It's actually going to come up again as well, even after Scott. So stay tuned for that. Really powerful indicator. Now, uh, so Scott, you're going to hear from him in a second. But before we do, oh, just like like I like to do, I like to sort of give you guys a little bit of a an insight into what I'm up to and and how how what I'm doing can potentially help your trading. So here's what I'm doing, which is completely not related to trading, but I came up with the idea when it was school holidays, and uh, for whatever reason, oh, yeah, there was. A, I think I was mucking around on YouTube, and I saw a martial arts video, and then I sort of, oh, no, I kept seeing Bruce Lee videos. That's what it was, Bruce Lee videos. So I dove into one of those, and then watched another one, and watched another one, and, and I'd seen the Ip Man uh, movies, which I really liked, and so I just started getting into it, and then I thought, why don't I learn this Wing Chung method of martial arts? And then I had a look around, and knowing where I live, there's probably going to be no studios, or well, there was one in the middle of town, which is better than nothing, so it was great. But uh, I thought, what a great idea. To, wouldn't it be great if I could do it as a family and I could get my kids involved and, and whatnot? So I ended up, I decided to buy a course off uh, Udemy and myself and my girls were we're basically going through this course step by step, and uh, and learning Wing Chun. Okay, it's probably not the best method to learn it, but we are learning stuff along the way, definitely learning stuff, and what it's meant is I've sort of dove into some of the other videos on YouTube, and I discovered this thing, not a thing, it's not even a thing, you guys will know what it is. it is, it's Tai Chi, right, so everyone knows what Tai Chi is, but what I didn't really know was the sort of, like, more advanced version of Tai Chi, which probably never really gets mentioned in the mainstream, and what Chi actually is and does and how it works, and the fact that it's, well, what it is, is it's energy, right? And there were these guys, and I'll tell you that the name to search up on YouTube if you want to have a look, it's the Marshall Man, and there were these guys, well, this one particular guy who was able to uh, harness this energy and... Use it to control other people through, obviously, through touch. Um, really sort of strange way to look at things. Very much in the mindset space. So if, you, if you've if you been around for a while, you know that the mindset is a big part of what you do as a trader and you've got to get right. So whether or not having a look at this sort of stuff will open up your mind to new ideas or get you thinking. Uh, I've just got to say it's fa- fascinating, interesting Check out the Marshall man. I think it's called. Just have a look for the Tai Chi videos, and you'll see this guy. He's got a bit of a pot belly. Funnily enough, I think he's Australian. And uh, and see what he does. Just that's my that's my mindset tip of the week, guys. All right. So without further ado, oh yeah, if you if you are looking to if, if you're getting onto this pretty quickly, then there is a free fourteen day challenge that I've got up there on the on the site from last week's episode as well. So if you want to check that out, go ahead and check that out um, because. It's free. It's going to sort your mindset out as well. And um, I'm sure you're going to get some value from it. All right, folks, let's get on with this interview with Scott Malatesta from tradenet.com. All right, folks, we've got Scott Malatesta here on the line, uh, all the way from the United States. Uh, I can't for the life of me remember exactly where you're based at the moment, Scott.
0: Yeah, uh, Cam, I'm in Tampa, Florida, down here in the south where it's nice and warm and muggy today.
1: Uh, yeah. And how did you get on with that hurricane that that whipped through or it almost skimmed you guys.
0: Yeah, you know what? We were watching it for over a week, my friend, and it just—it uh, got real close, but didn't come over. We're on the—we're uh, on the west side. We're on the Tampa side, so it—it uh, it really missed us. But we were prepared for it, like we always are down here in Florida, and especially when you're. When you're trading, you know, you've got to have your backup, your batteries and all that kind of stuff in generator just in case stuff like that
1: happens. Oh Yeah, it must be an absolute nightmare. I'm glad that it wasn't as, as devastating as it was for the Bahamas. And, uh, I mean, you know, heart goes out to those guys. Um, now, look, today we're going to get into your backstory. We're going to unpick everything. Really want the listeners out there to understand how you sort of became – Successful at this, and uh, and I know you 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 are one of the sort of stars out there in the stock trading industry, and uh, and I've I've spoken to a few other people who've who've really recommended your live trading room and, and the stuff that you do over there at TradeNet. Now, um, to start off with, how did you get into this?
0: Well, I'll tell you what it's been a uh, it's been a labor of love, or at least started that way. You know, I I started my career uh, back in the day. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and through that uh, worked for. Uh, one of the automobile companies, as an executive for 25 years. And during that time, I took up, you know, obviously investing and looking at your 401k, and I just kind of took a liking to that. And over time, as the workforce started to dwindle, and as we spent more time working out of our homes versus working out of the office, it gave me the leeway to, you know, experiment in the world of day trading. And uh, was able to you know, work for a company and also spend a, a couple of minutes during my lunch hour to be able to explore day trading and get into the field and get my feet wet. And that was, you know, shoot now came over 25 years ago, 24 years ago now you know, when I first started and the industry at that time was, you know, we didn't even have cell phones that time. You can imagine the high speed internet and all of the things that go along with that we didn't have any of that so it was you know you would have to phone in orders you were just starting to get on the uh, internet you could send orders and transmit and you'd have to send an order and it would take minutes for it to come back rather than microseconds now as we as we start so that kind of afforded me the opportunity to get into trading and get into day trading and to test the waters to see if i liked it which i did and uh, started the uh, started the career
1: and then went from there and so, if you take yourself back to those early days, like so I'm guessing you're at home, you know they've sent you home and said, "We're well, not sending you home, but they've got you working from home and you've thought, oh look I'll, i'll I'll put a you know, price or actually you wouldn't put a price chart up what What on earth did you do to know where the price was?"
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what we you know that was just at the time I was trading with Fidelity, and uh, they had they just came out with uh, Fidelity Fox plus I think was the software back in the day. And it was slow, but it, it gave you, Cam, it gave you the, the chart. It gave you the, uh, a level one at that time, a bid and an ask. And boy, I'll tell you what, you thought you were just in another century. You know, it was so great. You're able to sit in front of your desk and be able to trade stocks. And, you know, at that time, that was in the 80s. And uh, that absolutely gave me the start and allowed that to open up into that electronic trading Atmosphere, and from then on, it just got better and better and better and better. And and then, as we sit today, things are lightning fast, and you know you can do so much in a home or an office setting versus sitting right on Wall Street or being a hedge fund manager. All the tools are right there for you.
1: And so, so how did you, you know, I'm just trying to picture this in my head. So you're sitting there, you, you have got a price chart. So what? How on earth are you picking stocks? How on earth are you deciding when to buy and sell?
0: Yeah. So at the, at the time, you know, you would get that uh, you you'd get online and you'd be looking at some of the some of the websites and you'd be looking around for stocks that are in the news. I've always been a Wall Street Journal, you know, a reader. And at that time, you would kind of wait for the journal to come out because it was always paper uh, and you kind of skim through it. You'd be watching TV for the hot stocks for the next day, you know, and no no way the the quickness of the Internet today as the speed of information just is instant. Uh, We don't when when our president here in the United States tweets, the market instantly reacts. Well, that would be like, you know, that would be something that you were that was said the day before printed in the paper and then people would act on it the next day. So it was kind of a delayed reaction when we first got started. But I would be picking those stocks based on, you know, what I would see on TV watching, you know, CNBC the night before or CNN or, or reading The Wall Street Journal to get my ideas and then kind of put them into a into the. The uh, online, you know, into my Fidelity platform, and I'd be looking at, you know, the chart and, and looking for patterns that I like during the time, and then executing my trades throughout the uh, throughout the day.
1: And so, how did you how did you educate yourself on the price chart and what patterns you would like? I mean, was there books at the time that you studied?
0: Yeah, you know, that's a great question. You know, at the time there was just such, uh, and I always kid our traders now. I said, you don't know how great you have it because of all the information, all of the books, all of that at your fingertips each and every day. Back in the day, you know, and, and I can't believe I'm saying that the 80s are back in the day, but back in the day, you know, things were just kind of slow and slow to form and slow to get out as far as information goes. But sure, a couple of books, uh, which really helped me along the way. And then uh, as we go into, um, into the start of chat rooms or trading rooms at the time, um, I remember being a part of one back in the day and, and kind of getting my feet wet and understanding, you know, how people actually traded. I only knew from an investment standpoint, kind of, you know, buy and hold and, and was swing trading. And then that morphed through tra- chat rooms and trading rooms to, to what we do today. Uh, and that's kind of how I got started. And that's how I looked at it to, to start to improve.
1: Okay, and so get, sort of fast-forwarding a bit, I mean, out of the gate, were you, were you profitable straight away, or did it take take some time? No,
0: you know what, I'll I'll tell you what. As I started to to day trade, I likened it to this cam. I had uh, it took me about three years and about forty two thousand dollars of losing before I got my helmet secure and my head straight on. So, what I did was um, you know I chalk that up now as I look back to getting my master 's degree in day trading, and you know after that, I said to myself, i said you know you can 't keep losing money like this because you 'll be out of business, and during that time, you know in the states and it 's the same right now, we have a pattern day trading rule that you have to have a minimum balance of twenty five thousand dollars in your account, uh, and then you're you 're granted four times." margin buying power so i was always fighting to stay above that 25 grand um 25 grand threshold and so you know over those three years it took me that long to really come to grips as to what type of trader i was which in in today's day and age is really in my opinion the most important thing you have to understand who you are and and how you trade and then and then after that after losing a bit uh, during those three years and getting my master 's degree in day trading, I started to launch started to get out some of the uh, skeletons in my closet and started to launch and 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 from then on i was I was just modestly profitable along the way to start
1: things off and so can you sort of pinpoint a time where you were like i sort of uh, th- th- that tipping point you know after the forty two thousand Was there a day even, or it's probably quite hard because it was a long time ago, but um, was there a time or a day or something you sort of realized or was it over over a period of time you're like, actually, I, I seem to be doing way better than I was in the past? Yeah, you know what?
0: So here's that transition. You know, I just got to the point where I was sick of losing money and I just told myself, I said, you know what? You know, you want this really bad because everybody in today's day and age, including our trading room that has now thousands of traders that join us on a day to day basis. You know, we're all after one thing. And it's not it's not always to get rich, Cam. It's really to enjoy the trading lifestyle. And I just said to myself at that time, you know, if in fact I was going to give myself an opportunity to uh, to be able to do what I want to do and to enjoy the trader's lifestyle, I had to get good at it. So it really wasn't one day that I could say, hey, boom, this was the turning point. But over time, I just said to myself, hey, I'm sick of losing money. What can I do to, you know, to get better and to stop losing money? And, and that turning point for me was to get those skeletons out of my closet. And I'll tell you this, one of those skeletons that I had was I would start the day as a day trader. I would start the day by, you know, trading stocks, holding on to them for minutes or hours, and then being flat for the, you know, for the day at the end of the day. And what continued to happen to me was that I would um, I would turn, I would start out as a day trader and end the day as an investor. And what that meant was, you know, when the stock would go against me, I would hold on to it. I would not have a stop loss. It would just go against me. I would hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. And uh, after that, I would I would it would turn into an investment and that investment turned out to be a really, really negative trade for me over and over and over. And I knew that if I could just tell myself, Scott, if you will just end the day flat every day and take whatever the day gives to you, you're going to be a heck of a lot better off. And, and Cam, that's what kind of spun me towards the difference of being a non-profitable trader to a profitable trader is really getting rid of that. That skeleton in my closet that 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 kept me in the trade and taking big losses over time.
1: Yeah, it, it is so much of a mental game, isn't it? When it gets down to it, and absolutely. I mean, were there were there? Um, so, so you obviously got you obviously got better, but there, I'm guessing at that point in time. And I mean, it's it's quite easy to say, look, yeah, I just one day I switched. Um, but were there sort of times where you slipped back? And you noticed, oh, I did a few trades here where I didn't put a stop loss in. Next time, I'm, I'm, now I'm sort of getting better at not doing it so often. Was it almost like trying to burn that into your brain?
0: Yeah, and, and you know what really helped me, and it helps me to this day, you know, almost 30 years later, is keeping a trading journal. And I tell everybody that I mentor to the same thing. You know, it's not about going online. And there's many online sources now that allow you to be able to download your trades, uh, or, or they take all of your trades and they, they show you how long you've been in the trade. They show you if it's profitable. They they explain, you know, the percentages of win, percentages of loss. But I, I challenge all of our traders, and this really worked for me. And, you know, you could keep going back to saying, hey, it's old school. But sometimes when you start to, you know, write that letter to somebody instead of typing it on a on a computer, there's just more to it, Cam. And as I grew up and as I understood that, keeping a trading journal allowed me to understand my mistakes and what was happening was it's easy to keep track. Hey, I was in Apple computer. I bought it for this. I sold it for that. And I, 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 had a gain or a loss, but the real thing that really turned the corner for me was getting into that column where it said the reason, the reason for the trade. And I would go in there and I would put down, Hey, you know, if I lost, I would put down, I was chasing the stock or for instance I held on to a loser or I added to a loser. And I would start to review these on Sundays. So I'd keep track of the log throughout the week. And then on Sunday I would sit down and I'd quickly go through them. And I remember highlighting the the reasons. And oftentimes I'd see the same thing pop up, same thing pop up. Hey, I was holding on to a loser, holding on to a loser, holding on to a loser. And that that journal, which I still keep today on a on a weekly basis. That journal is the thing that kind of kept me or launched me to get better in my trading career.
1: Ah, that's a massive aha moment for me. I've got to yeah. say, because I finally, just what you've said there, I've realized now the benefit of the trading journal. <laughs> it's yeah. taken, I don't know how many interviews I've done, but some, even some people that have talked about it, I've said, I've thought to myself, I don't actually believe they, ha- they have one. But yeah. I damn it. I get it now. I get it. Thank it's, you very it's much. It's
0: different, Cam. You know, when you have it out in front of you, when you have it, when you're writing it, when you're feeling it, when you know, and I do it today after each trading day. I spend 10 minutes writing down my trades. I have fewer trades today than I did back then, so it doesn't take me as long. But you know, I write down my trades and I write down on my losers only now. I write down the reason why I lost, okay, because I know how to trade. I know what winning means, but when I lose, I want to know what I did wrong and how I can improve on it. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I see now I see, and it's almost like that you need to train your brain and the way to do that is to, to see something physical or at least have something physical back to you or have an experience with it to then right? sort of mold those neural, neural networks or whatever it is that, that it does to, to get you doing the right stuff. Um, that's great. Look, so, okay. So that's where you turned around. Um, and then did you have any sort of massive, like leaps forward after you, after you found success initially?
0: Well, you know what, I I started to take it really slow. You don't think about, you know, taking a beating of 42,000 over three years, doing it just part time. That's kind of not the return that you want to have. Right. So when I, when I went back into it and, and got into it and started to journal, and started to really understand where I was where I was coming from. I just wanted to be you know, more consistent. So I would start off slow, I'd be trading 100 shares, 100 shares, 100 shares. and then incrementally, you know, I was making you know 20 bucks, 50 dollars on 100 shares, right going and, and getting more consistent. So what I was thinking to myself is if I could just build my consistency through discipline and be consistent along the way, I'm going to be able to add another zero onto the end of those 100 shares and turn it into 1,000 shares and start to turn the corner. So for me, it was that jump. Actually, what I did is I went from 100 to 200, 200 to 500, and then 500 to 1,000. And today, as we speak, in 2019, I'm trading you know 1,000 shares on the low end, 2,000 on the high end for most every stock that I trade now. But it was the progression over all those years to be able to make that jump. And so many traders, when they get their accounts now, they immediately start to trade—you know, five hundred or thousand dollars. They think it's like a, a gambling junket that they can just go out there and maximize their their buying power or account during the time. So, you know, for me, it was kind of that steady progression to move up to show to my show myself and to prove to myself that hey, you can do this, and and if you just could do it you know, more consistently, you can get to the point where you can add a zero onto the share size. And one thing that I did want to say and kind of build into what we're talking about is that transition from then maybe my, you know, my, my career as a nine to fiver or as a corporate person to, uh, to day trading. And maybe we could talk about that either now or or when you see fit, my friend.
1: Uh, yeah, look, that's, um, that's a great little segue there. I think nine to fiver to, to day trader, how did that look?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, it was, you know, it was something that, you know, I took a lot of, a uh, lot of thought and time. And, and what I was thinking is when I was doing this and I would, I would take the morning and I would trade the open for about 30 minutes, right? Because I was still working and I was still, you know, loyal to my company. Uh, and then I would look again at lunchtime and lunchtime is traditionally slow, but I was able to you know maybe make one trade over lunch and maybe one trade in the morning for a total of two to three trades during the day. And what was happening was I was noticing that I was making, starting to make equal money uh, each and every month versus what I was getting paid by corporate America. And at the time I thought, you know what, if, if I quit, if I was able to dedicate, think about this, Cam, if I was able to dedicate more than an hour a day to my trading, I could make shoot 10 times what I'm making now. I mean, it could be the sky's the limit. Well, You know, I had the opportunity to do that. I had the opportunity to get out and move on. I took that opportunity and I found out in hindsight that spending more time didn't necessarily equate to making double the money. So when I was trading about an hour to hour and a half a day, now that I was going to be trading, you know, five to six hours a day, I thought, boy, I'll be able to make double, triple, quadruple the amount of money. And I did not. Um, and for those of you that are listening out there, it's not about the it's not about the amount of time that you spend in front of the screen and, and trading. It's the amount of great trades that you take during that time. We have several times now that we're in the trading room that we may, you know, we may only have one trade in the afternoon and we wait for it and we wait for it, and we wait for it because it's the setup that we want. And then when we get that one trade, you know, we use great share size, great discipline, and we get into the trade and we make our money, you know, just one trade in the afternoon sets us free for the whole day. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what it, it allowed me to do. I was starting to make more money. I was able to to quit my job. Uh, I have a wife that, that, that helped me at that time, and, and that's where I kind of launched. I was able to dedicate myself more, focus more, spend more time. But I found out that spending – twice or four times the amount of time didn't necessarily equate to four times the amount of, of net profit.
1: It's interesting, eh? because it is that nine to five mentality where the more you work or the harder you work, the the more you're going to make. Whereas this is almost the opposite. And it's people, I mean, that, that in itself is a mental battle to, to overcome. I'm surprised you didn't actually uh, go backwards when you had more time because you were had more opportunity to to, I suppose, take trades that, weren't necessarily there. How did you cope with that?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's something that, that is, is really, really tough, right? I mean, you've got, to be able to, uh, you've got to be able to sit there and say to yourself, hey, look, um, you know, over time, I just need to have the discipline to be able to not trade. I mean, Cam, and, I, and I'll speak to everybody out there that's listening, you know as a trader when you're sitting in front of that screen and you're looking around, Many of us have that 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 itch you know we call it the, the 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 trigger itch you know when you have that mouse in your hand or if you're a trader that trades with um you know uh, keystrokes um or or hot keys and things like that you know you want to be involved in the market the day is fresh the the market is opening you want to be involved you want to be able to 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 take a trade but the key to it is being disciplined enough over time to know that there's no reason for you to trade. You know, like we say now, there's three types of trades. There's a long, there's a short, and there's a sit on your hands. And oftentimes, sitting on your hands saves you a lot of money. Uh, and you just have to wait for that great opportunity. If I, had, if I had to wait from 9.30 until 4 o'clock in the afternoon or until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, giving me an hour buffer in the afternoon, I could sit there and wait for the one trade because I know that if I have the right share amount, share size with that one trade, I can make my whole day. I can make more than most people may make in a week or certainly in a day by just taking one trade a day. And that's typically all that it takes, although we do take more
1: now. Cool. Well, let's let's, uh, let's move forward a bit here in the interview and uh, and start asking you some questions around, I suppose, the... the... It's really the technical aspects of things that you do in the in the market. So to start off with, I mean, how many stocks do you tr- trade? A pile of stocks, or do you sort of keep it quite wide? Um, how do you pick them?
0: Yeah, you know, when when I let's go back and digress into my setup. I have a four monitor setup. So each monitor, as you get older, you know, your eyes are not as crisp. So. Even trading a, a four twenty four inch monitors, I only have four charts on each monitor you know so that 's a total of sixteen stocks that I can watch at any given time and and my my watch list consists of about anywhere between twelve and and sixteen stocks that I watch during the day it's just it 's really too many uh, even at that because during the day i 'm really focused on maybe one screen the the, the my my trading screen that has you know, just four charts up on it, and and that's really all that I'm looking at. But the way that I progress into that during the day is I, I get all my stocks really from about three different sources. I I use our top twenty list on our trading platform, which filters it by, you know, by the stock market, by the the NYSE, the by the NASDAQ, and and gives us the top twenty of each one, the winners and the losers. And I go through those. I load those into my market watch list. And then I run through those by putting them into a chart. And I trade stocks typically above $10 up to, you know, endless would trade Amazon as well. And, and so I mean, it's really the top end is endless, but anything over $10, that's that you that typically trades a million shares a day or more. And so I filter those out. And I look for stocks that that are in play. Uh, I also use in our top 20 list, I look at CNBC in the morning, the ticker, People always used to kid me and say, "You mean, you mean you're dumbing it down that far where you're just looking at the ticker and you're getting stocks to play from there?" And I said, "Absolutely, I said, because it's it's the um, you know it's the most up to date information. It is stocks that are in play, stocks that are gapping up, gapping down, and then um, um, and then I subscribe to um, you know to briefing.com online, and, and briefing.com kind of gives me the the, the reasons why." stocks are moving so if I see a gap up on CNBC or I look at my top 20 list and it's gapping up it'll tell me on briefing.com hey look it's gapping up because they had a CEO change or they came out with earnings and this is this is the reason why so that's kind of giving me the background and the flavor to the trade if you will.
1: Okay cool and so in terms of uh I suppose winning percentages I mean you talked about you know it could you could have that one trade a day and that one just pays the bills or whatever, or, or is more than some people make in a week. What does that look like? Are there, I'm guessing the days where you don't pick the right one, and it, you might have two or three cracks a day. How does that look?
0: Yeah, you know, on, on average, I, I trade about, uh, I take about six trades a day now on average,
1: and I'm a, right about
0: uh, a seventy three seventy three and a half percent winner. Um, so, you know, if you if you cam if you said seventy percent winner, I, I, I lose about three trades out of 10. So one of the things out there that, that traders need to understand is losing is all part of the game, right? I mean, if you're not prepared to take a loss during the trading session or during the trading month or during the trading week, then you're in the wrong profession. And the, the the most experienced or professional traders just really know how to handle their losses. You know, they know how to respond to those because it's going to happen on a daily basis. So, you know, I'm taking on an average of six trades a day, and out of those six trades a day, I'm winning, you know, four and a half to, uh, trades per, per, per day as I trade on average.
1: And what about risk-to-reward ratios? I mean, how does that look for you?
0: Well, you know, I mean, we talk about that all the time, and we, we love to teach, you know, a two-to-one risk and reward ratio. But today, you know, as we start talking here in 2019, you know, I'm looking more about, uh, you know, one to one ratio, um, two to one ratio as as I look for opportunities during the day. And, you know, we believe in, and I mentor and talk about the need for all traders to take a partial. And, and what we mean by that is, you know, there's three things that you need as you get into a trade. You need to have your entry. You need to have your first partial where you're going to take your first profit. And we need to have a stop loss. So those three things are set before we take any type of trade. And during that time, when I talk about that first partial or that first time you're going to take profit, it's not, we don't go into a trade with a thousand shares and get out of the trade with a thousand shares. We get into the trade with a thousand shares as an example. And then we sell half or three quarters of that, you know, 500 shares or 750 shares or 700 shares. And we let the rest ride. So we've got a strategy in place that allows us to, you know, put money in our pocket first. And I'm a big believer in paying yourself first and then allowing the rest to run so that you can take advantage of maybe a bigger move. Because the stock, you know, if if stocks are breaking out, you don't know how far they're going to break out. You know, sometimes they're breaking out to new highs and you can't go back in the chart and see, oh, well, just two years ago, it was the highest was fifty dollars well today it's breaking out of fifty dollars. Where does it go from here? So I want to ensure myself that I play for a little bit longer term than just the you know just the uh, uh, you know the couple of dollars or the or the breakout range
1: nice nice and And what does your typical trading day look like?
0: Well during the day you know I, I get up and because I have the responsibility of leading the trading room on a, on a daily basis, uh, myself and Mayor Barak at trade net here you know i get up to prepare for the day and the way that my day really looks now is when i when i get up we uh we get into uh start looking for stocks immediately i'll i'll look at the internet i'll look at the futures cam to see where we are overnight with asia where we are with uh europe and then where our futures are here in the united states Uh, Now, the different twist in the last few years, we start to look for Twitter to see if our president has tweeted anything and to see and to see how that's affected the market. And we laugh about that, but it's so true. It's it's something that that happens now. And it's something that you have to be cognizant about, but kind of look for that general direction of the market. And then I get right into looking for my my 12 to 16 stocks. Uh, I get those. I put them into my market watch list on my platform. Then I start to filter those out and start to look at the uh, the, the charts to make sure that the gaps and the the uh, you know the ups and the downs of the of the stock are are really aligned to my strategy. And I'm a breakout and breakdown trader, so it's really easy for I would imagine your audience to understand that you know a breakout is you're you're looking for a stock to move higher and break out of a certain level, and the same thing or just the opposite for stocks that are moving lower. Stocks that we short on a daily basis. So I get going with that. And in our trading room, we have TradeNet TV now where we have an anchor that kind of comes in and guides you for the day and talks about the same things that I'm telling you about now and your audience. And kind of gets you prepared for the day. And you want to just have that. Think about it as a funnel. You know, we, we take all that information in where the global markets are, where oil is, where these stocks are, and we funnel it down to those 12 stocks that we're going to be in play. And typically, those stocks are in play not only for the morning or opening session, but those stocks that are, are in play for the whole day. You know, we break up our trading day into three sessions, the morning session, the lunch session, and the afternoon session. And when those stocks are gapping up or gapping down in the morning, they often have good movement throughout the day with the lunch hour being our slowest time period where the stocks you know, often go sideways when, you know, when traders are, are off taking lunch and Wall Street is on possible lunch break with a with limited staff at the time.
1: Cool. And what about, uh, I mean, you mentioned futures there, uh, checking out futures. I mean, do you, have you considered or did you at any point in your career consider trading any other type of instrument?
0: Well, you know, I mean, crypto cryptocurrency was, uh, was big here a few years back and, and is starting to uh, take flight, um, you know, along with futures trading and currency trading. And we do have... You know, one of our analysts in our room is a, is a currency trader and, and kind of works that end of the, uh, of the trading gamut. But, you know, for me over time, and I get asked the question often, you know, hey, Scott, why do you only trade equities? And when there's over 10,000 stocks in the market, you know, to me, it's, it, I liken it to snow skiing. And any, any of the skiers out there will understand what I'm talking about. You know one of the, one of my passions is snow skiing and I grew up skiing I grew up racing and and when I look back now and I see these snowboarders out on in the ski areas I say man those boots look comfortable the pants look comfortable it's just the style it's cool it's it's exciting but cam there's a full learning curve there that I don't want to go through again I don't want to have to learn to, to go from two skis to one snowboard and have to spend you know, three quarters of the day on my butt, and it's just like trading. I mean, I don't, I don't want to relearn, you know, how to trade the pairs or how to trade, you know, uh, futures. I, I want to stick to what I know. I want to perfect my skill, and and equities really gives me all that I need on a daily basis.
1: Fair enough, too. And so, so I mean, crypto when it was sort of, well, I suppose, Bitcoin was going through that massive boom initially. I mean, did yeah. you? Did you have any inkling or um, uh, appetite to get involved in it or did you get involved in anything else?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on YouTube and, and really reading about uh, about trading Bitcoin and, you know, they have all the miners out there that are putting together the big rigs to be able to mine for Bitcoin. And, and truthfully, I thought it was just a fad and, you know, I'm not too sure that I'm wrong, but I think over time, that, that Bitcoin and some of these others that are coming to fruition now are going to have a space out there. I, I just believe that it's in its infancy. It, it needs more time. We're looking at it. You know, Bitcoin is only, you know, how old? It, it, it's short-lived right now. Uh, but I, I'm, not, I'm not a doubter. I'm not a person that's going to sit here and say that it's going to be a uh, something that doesn't happen uh, because I think there is space for that. I just don 't see it right now as something that I want to invest my time or money in at this point in time
1: fair enough i will I won't ask you for your your bitcoin predict, prediction then, um, which I do ask some traders now in the beginning, what do you think uh, what do you think made you different from the sort of average mum or dad trader out there who doesn't ever make it in this in the especially the day trading or even the swing trading business? What do you think about the difference?
0: You know, I I think I think what what I pride myself on is is discipline. And there's just there's a big difference between traders, uh, you know, amateur traders, people that are just first starting, when you give them the ability to trade a a large account or the ability to trade, you know, something that they're not used to. And that can be that can be given to them through margin if you're in the United States trading an equities account. Or a CFD account if you're trading globally, and oftentimes what we see, Cam, is we see a lot of traders get in there and just go for the home run. And what I mean by that is, is they get in there and immediately, with very little experience, they start to trade, um, you know, a thousand shares, two thousand shares. And I liken it to this, and this is a good way to really put it all together. Think about what it would take for you to start today to become a pilot of a aircraft. Okay. You know, you you get in there, you read the manual and you, um, you know, you discuss and and talk to other pilots and you take some written tests and all of a sudden you think that you can go and get behind the stick of an airplane and fly it. Well, you know, you can't do that until you have so many hours behind the, the controls. And it's the same thing for day trading. You can't expect to read a book, be in a trading room and make a few trades and then wonder why you're not profitable or wonder why you shouldn't be taking 1000 or 2000 shares or wonder why you're making not not making 1000, 2000, 5000, 10000 dollars a day. It just doesn't come like that. It's called in our profession it's called screen time and for a pilot it's called stick time. So those things over time, I just knew that the, the building of my experience is going to take time. And as you remember, as I told you, uh, after three years, I still wasn't profitable. And then I got my master's degree of trading and then I started to launch. So it's just that I, I think there's a difference between people that that want to spend the time and be disciplined and learn how to fly the right way by accumulating hours and those who don't, and they want to read a book, and they want to be a quick fix, and they want to make quick money. And sure, I think day trading is the, is some of the quickest money in the world. But I also understand that it can take the money as quickly as it gave it gave it to you, and take it back. So I think that parallel is really what what allowed me to move.
1: And so, so I suppose thinking about you know you've talked about it already, your transition between going from you know nine to five to to full time. Now, what do you reckon? You know what? Are the, what steps would you recommend now? You know what you know for someone else in the same situation. So they're working a, a job, not necessarily going full time, but at least making an income as as a trader.
0: Right. I, so I, I think one of the things that help uh, that helps the trader to launch is to uh, really and and a lot of people may say, oh, it's a little cliche, but you know what? It's very true. You know, you can't trade with money that you are uh, that that you can't afford to lose. Okay. So for me, I had, you know, I had a 25-year career in, the, uh, in a, a Fortune 500 company, and during that time, I was able to save a lot of money, which made my decision to be able to launch and to do something on my own very easy. Also, at the time, I had a supporting spouse, which I still do now, thank God, that, uh, that supported my efforts and said, hey, listen, if this is your passion, I want you to, to go for it. With some parameters, you know, we can't just give everything away that we're able to accumulate. So I think having having that that person in your life that was supporting you and also having some savings, having some some money for that rainy day so that you can fall back on. You know, we've all heard of the traders that that take their credit cards and max them out to fund their trading accounts. And quite frankly, some people make it like that, but the majority of the people fail. And that's because they're trading with scared money. They're trading with money, Cam, that they can't afford to lose. And that puts that undue pressure on the person to be able to make it or not. So I think that's really the key is to trade with money that you can afford to lose. Understand that it starts off as a hobby, as I did. It started off as an investor, went into trading, uh, traded and learned and read and was involved in trading rooms and, And all of these things throughout my career allowed me to kind of get that base that I needed to be able to launch on my own. And then quite frankly, you've got to have that spirit of maybe being an entrepreneur because we have seen many traders that have been lawyers and doctors and all of these professions where you need to have an extreme amount of intelligence. But when they get to trading, they're not always the best traders so it takes that that special kind of disciplined trader to be able to i think make it in this market
1: and and what about like for somebody who's looking at that 25k threshold and the limitations and restrictions that come with it how how do you sort of how do you suggest they deal with that
0: yeah i mean so so when i was starting and again that's only in the united states as uh, as we have that that pattern day trading rule for equity traders you know, at TradeNet and we trade the CFD platform and our packages are are able to these the people from around the globe could take advantage of that and not have to come in with that full amount of twenty five grand. But I'll tell you what, one of the things that that I was doing was I remember telling you a little bit at the start here, you know, I would be I would have to sit out of the game because what would happen is I would I would make trades, my account would go from Twenty five, twenty six thousand, up to maybe thirty thousand, and then I'd have some down days. I would dip below the twenty five thousand, so they'd put a hold on your account, and then you'd have to bring it back up. You know, you'd have a margin call. You'd have to bring it back up to twenty five grand. So, if in fact you're the trader that's in the U S. and you're trading that, um, you need to have a cushion. You can't trade with an account with twenty five thousand and fifty dollars in it. You know, you need to have you know dollars to give yourself a cushion to be able to, to launch. And I liken it always. I tell the story about going to Las Vegas and saying, Hey, Cam, here's, here's a 50 bucks. We want you to turn this 50 bucks into 5,000. Well, you know, you can do that. You know, it it can happen, but the chances are very, very low because you don't have a big enough cushion to sustain some of the downturn. If you're playing it, playing cards or playing craps or something like that, you don't have enough cushion there to to go on a losing streak, much like if you trade with a, an equities account, you don't have that much to, to lose to be able to, you know, to be able to to make it up. So I, I just say to everybody, have that cushion if you're trading an equities account, if you're trading a CFD account, you know, you're going to have a lot better, uh, a lot better account value uh, to trade with.
1: Cool. Well, let's let's dive into, I mean, you've already spoken about fundamentals, so let's dive into the, the technical aspect, the price chart. Uh, if you had to recommend somebody, a newbie, intermediate trader, um, start educating themselves on something on a price chart around stocks, what would it be?
0: Okay. So I think the first thing that every trader needs to answer, and this is for all the traders that are out there listening, that, that are trying to find their way, that are trying to find their path to, to profitability, The very first thing you need to do is you need to define to yourself, if somebody were to ask you, Cam, what type of trader are you? You need to be able to bounce back and say, I am a breakout or breakdown trader that specializes in U.S. equity. So that's what I say when I'm asked what type of trader I am. Because what that does is it allows me to then focus on the technical aspect of trading, looking for breakout and breakdown patterns. So I'm either shorting or I'm going long stocks based on breaking out of either a whole number, a, a, a VWAP, you know, a line in the sand, so to speak, yesterday's close, uh, whole numbers, uh, support resistance, anything like that. Those are the things that I'm doing to uh, to, to trade the market. And then when you start to talk about uh, technical trading about, you know, about what what would you recommend or what would you really look at for a new trader to educate themselves on, I would just say that you need to be one of the best technicians out there. Be the best that you can be technically, because if you define the type of trader you are, you're going to start to understand the technicals surrounding that type of trading that you're doing, and the technicals will really, really pay off, okay? Okay. Uh, I I liken it again, one more reference here to to skiing. If anybody's a snow skier out there, I started when I was, I started racing and racing gave me the fundamentals to be able to jump into freestyle and to do, and to get good at free skiing and doing things like that. So in trading, you just get good at, at your trading style and, and start to look at the technicals of the chart, understand what's important. Why is it important to look at yesterday's close? Why is it important to look at the trend line of the VWAP? Why is it important for me to be a breakout trader of whole numbers? All of those things, those technical spots on a chart can pay off. And the reason why, like I tell everybody, why, hey, Scott, why do you use the VWAP on a chart? I use the VWAP on a chart because millions of traders across the globe use the same VWAP line. Okay. So I want the, the playing field to be as level as possible. I want to do what they're doing, so when they're buying, I'm buying. When they're selling, I'm selling. That way, I can ride the trend both up and down with great success.
1: And do you think it's a a case of more traders are doing this, so therefore, if I follow them, they will. I've got a better chance of success. And I suppose to to sort of counter that as well, like, well, not counter Another question is. Um, Actually, I can't think of the second question, but the first question is, yeah, if more traders are doing it, do you think you're going to have a better chance of success, or are there people manipulating the market so that they can because they know more people are doing this?
0: Yeah, I think you have to then draw kind of a line in the sand and say hey if there's if there's a lot of retail traders out there, if there's a lot of Scots and cams out there that are trading you know five hundred a thousand two thousand shares. Then it's not really that big a deal, but you know you know if you have a herd, if you have you know thousands, hundred thousand traders trading the same stock you know with 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 high share size, then yes, you can actually move the market. But I think what I'm getting at is from a technical basis, you can you know these hedge funds out there or the traders on Wall Street that are trading in the millions of shares that that tried to hide their share size that kind of come into the market. Uh, to try to be a, um, you know, to try to, um, you know, get in and get out of the market inconspicuously because they don't want to tip their hat to the retail traders out there and for us to get a free ride. You know that becomes harder and harder with the tools that we have with level two and being able to really see the amount of share size that's out there that's being offered and not only offered but being bought and sold during the time. So you know you want to really start to ride the wave of some of the large larger traders out there, and those larger traders are institutions, CAM institutions, and the uh, um, you know the hedge funds and things like that that are out there that are moving millions of shares a day uh, in the in the market.
1: Okay, cool. Well, look, let's um let's dive into my quickfire round here. So it's about nine questions. We're gonna find out what it made what it took to to make you a successful trader. So. To start off with Scott, uh, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable?
0: So from zero to hero, Cam, about three years until I started to consistently make green. And the way that I looked at that was it's not just becoming a, a green trader or a profitable trader uh, on on one day or two days. I measure it for the month, you know, because you're going to have a losing day here, a losing day there uh, throughout the month. So again, I'm about a 70% plus trader. So you can just imagine that, you know, out of 10 trades, seven are winners, three are losers. And I want to keep my losers to the minimum. I want to keep my winners to the maximum, but it, it was about for me, about three years. And again, in today's market, it's going to be a lot less because of the speed of information and the amount of, uh, things out there that you can learn and and get from the marketplace and the trading rooms and the books and the television and the papers it's just more readily available in today's market. So I get asked all the time, hey, how long is it going to take me to get profitable? And I, I would say right now a fair, a fair mark in the sand would be one year of trading uh, of a, a daily basis, I think, to get you, get you all that you need to know and to get you proficient in what you do.
1: What's your mental approach to trading? And do you have any special techniques you can share with us?
0: Well, I, I teach a couple of techniques. And one that I will say to you is if you wake out, up out of bed, and you are not mentally prepared for the day, don't trade. And I say this with all sincerity, God willing, the sun comes up the following day and you can trade again that day. But when you're not prepared mentally and, and trading psychology is such a big part of the game that if you're not feeling it, don't be involved. Go do something else. Go out to lunch, go play golf, go do whatever you need to do to get your mind away from trading. Because if you're in a in a fight with a spouse or there's a God forbid there's a death in the family or there's something going on that's affecting you mentally, you don't need to trade, okay? Because what you have to have is you have to have a clear mind and a very clear focus on on what your responsibility is for the day, and that is to be profitable. I don't set goals for myself, and and for the audience that's out there, if you're the type of person that's setting a goal, hey, I've got to make $200 a day, Scott, I've got to make $500 a day, Hey, start taking that off and just tell yourself, hey, I want to be profitable today. I want to be green. I want to take ma- I want to take money from this market and I want to use it for my own. And if you're green at the end of the day, minus commissions, then you've done a great job. You have taken money from the market.
1: Nice. I like that. Uh, what's your favorite entry setup? Well,
0: I'll tell you what. I'm a, uh, I'm a biased long trader. So my, my favorite type of setup, setup would be a breakout uh, of a whole number. Or a breakout of a yesterday's close, and I would say probably my favorite would be a breakout of a whole number. And you can just imagine if a stock is trading right around that fifty-dollar mark. Fifty dollars is a you know one of those monumental uh, lines in the sand, Cam, where where you know stocks will trade at fifty or at like at a hundred or twenty-five dollars. Those magical round numbers have got meaning mentally for a lot of traders, and people will buy and sell around those numbers. So that perfect setup to me would be something like a, a breakout of $50 of the $50 mark going long the stock with good volume and watching the SPY or the triple Qs start to gain and move in that same direction going up. And I would be going long that trade. That's my favorite type of setup.
1: And what about uh, strategies for exiting a trade? You, you touched on them earlier around partial exits. Uh, do you do anything different from that?
0: As, as far as, say that again,
1: Uh, As far as exiting a trade?
0: Yeah, as far as exiting a trade, I have got to be able to uh, set myself up for not only, like I said before, the three things I need is I I need to have an entry, I need to have my first partial, and I need to have a stop loss. So what I typically will do is I will get into that trade, as an example, at $50. And then I will take my first partial, whatever the stock's going to give me, let's just say it gives me 50 cents, and what I typically do is I will set my stop loss at about a nickel five cents over my uh, my entry so 5005 will be my stop loss because I know that a nickel times a couple hundred shares will often pay for my um, will often pay for my uh, commissions on that trade.
1: Ah, okay, so your first in your first so the stop loss, sorry, I've confused here. The uh, the take profit of your first trade of the right. sort of first partial will pay for the commissions and yeah. more. So let,
0: let's just say we took, let's just say that we took a thousand shares long at fifty dollars, and we yeah. got what uh, fifty cents on it, right? So we take off, we take off, say eight hundred shares. So we got eight hundred times fifty cents. We made four hundred dollars on the trade. Now those last two hundred shares. Those will be stopped out at fifty oh five. If the stock turns around and starts ah, to gotcha. run down, so that nipple times two hundred shares is going to give me what ten bucks, and that ten dollars will help to cover my commissions. So I net out on the first eight hundred shares, and and you know my commissions are paid for with that uh, last two hundred that I kept.
1: What's your recommended trading book?
0: Well, I, I'm a little biased right now, so uh, I'll just tell everybody. Since uh, at TradeNet. Uh, my, my favorite book right now is The uh, Market Whisperer by uh, Mayor Barack and, and Mayor is uh, is our leader at TradeNet. And I, I say that, you know, when I when I think back to all the books that I've read, and there's a lot of great books out there for everybody to educate themselves on, I can tell you firsthand that, that Mayor's book is from a trader who trades on a daily basis with a live account and is responsible for – calling out trades for thousands of traders globally. So I would ask you as a person that's out there contemplating a book to read, is the person that's reading or that's writing the book, that's giving you and delivering this information to you, is he or she a professional trader? How long have they been trading? Do they trade on a daily basis? Can you see them trade transparently every day in a trading room? And do they have that experience to expound on in their book of a life that has gone from, from businesses, business startups, business failures, to trading, to being a profitable trader, to now running a global trading room and a trading company uh, that, that, uh, that, that traders from across the globe join every day? Those type of answers lead me to believe that that Mayer's book, The Market Whisperer, is Probably one of the finest books out there. It really is.
1: If there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about mastering it?
0: Well, I would say it starts, like we said, with first answering the question of what type of trader are you? You need to define that. You need to be able to, like we used to say in the corporate world, to give me your elevator speech. So tell me about yourself. Tell me about your trading. So... If that trader tells me, hey, Scott, I prefer, I like to short stocks. then what I say when I mentor to that trader, I say, we are not going to be taking long trades at all during the next 10 days or a month or for however long we're going to mentor together. We're going to only focus on taking short trades because that's what catches your eye. That's what you gravitate to. And I want to make it as easy as possible for the trader to be able to say, hey, I like to short. I like reversals. I like breakouts, breakdowns, whatever that is. I want you to define who you are. I want you to be able to to study that and get good at that. You can always expand and be and start to if once you master shorting stocks, you can also expand and start to go long it 's really just the opposite. but get good at one thing first, get profitable at one thing first, and then uh, expand and do what you need to do to be that complete trader to take advantage of both a down market and an up market in the stock market each and every day.
1: What's your preferred broker and trading platform?
0: Well, I, I'm, I'm a little biased there as well, but I, I have two and, and I would recommend, depending on where you live in the, in the uh, world, to, to have two. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I broker here in the United States with Fidelity. Uh, I use the Fidelity Active Trader Pro. Uh, but on a day-to-day basis in our trading room, uh, I am on the TEFS platform the TEFS CFD platform and that is uh, exclusive to tradenet and uh, any of your viewers out there can go to you know www.tradenet.com and take a look at that and explore the opportunities that we offer there but uh, it is just lightning quick it is fantastic the fills are perfect and I just don't have any I just don't have any problems and oftentimes in trading you know when you ask a trader why they like the platform they would say you know it's 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 problem free <laughs> and it gets really down to that a problem free platform that is that is very quick in execution
1: last question in the quick fire round so if you could leave, could you leave our listeners if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice what would it be
0: i would say go slow uh have modest expectations to start And since I've been trying to parallel all day, I would leave them with this, Cam. I would say, I need you to think about being a baseball player, okay? A baseball player gets up to bat, and the majority of those players want to make a base hit, okay? All that they want to do is make a base hit. There's not many players that get up to bat every time and swing for the fence and try to make a home run. They have base hits. And over time, base hits, base hits, base hits, base hits, base hits – leads to a great batting average, and a great batting average puts you into the Hall of Fame. It also leads your team to the playoffs and many of them to the World Series here in the United States. So go slow, be disciplined, and just make yourself base hits each and every day, and you're going to do well. You're going to start to accumulate capital. You're going to grow your account, and you're going to start to grow into a profitable, disciplined day trader.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Now, the last question of the show, we'd like you to give us the bones of a trading strategy. A, the entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market, time frame, basically something our listeners can have a bit of a play with at home this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we um uh, so this morning, uh we uh I'll, I'll give you a real life example as of uh as of this morning, uh, one of the trades that uh that I took here and the trade was the uh IQ trade actually. And IQ uh, gapped this morning up during the pre-market. And it was one of those trades, Cam, that uh, we took on the very first candle, which doesn't happen very often. But the traders can go back uh, and start to look at their uh, IQ. And we took this trade this morning at $18.50 on the long side. IQ, eighteen fifty on the breakout of the whole number. It started to get above the VWAP. We went long that stock, didn't get out of that stock until 1940, almost giving us a dollar of profit right out of the get-go. And that trade lasted, I'll tell you right now, I'm looking at it, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 35 minutes for the very first trade of the day. We stuck in there. We were disciplined. All green candles up. It was a great breakout trade with volume. We took it. The market at the same time, if you're looking at the SPY today, the market did about the same thing at the open. The first four candles were all green. Market direction higher, going long with the the stock. The trend is your friend. We rode that baby for almost a dollar at the open. I'll tell you what, after about 35, 40 minutes, I could have turned the whole trading platform off. It was nice and green for the day and just didn't need to do much else. And uh, it was one of those one of those great days just on just on that one stock and we traded. I think five different trades this morning
1: very nice now before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? hey you know what
0: they can they can email me at any time i'm uh, I'm on my email i'm an email junkie 24 seven and my email is scott at tradenet.com it's S C O T T uh, at t r a d e n dot com scott at tradenet.com
1: Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Scott for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Scott in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. So there you have it, folks. Interview with Scott Malatesta done and dusted. Now, if you do want more, or even if you don't want more, head over there to tradingnut.com. Check out the video that we shot after the interview where Scott walks us through one of the trades he took, and he... I, I. I dive deep on some of the things that he's done. I ask a lot of details around what, why he picked this particular entry um, over doing something else. So you're going to find out a lot of information on that video. Go and check it out. Find his episode 54. shouldn't be that hard. Uh, and whilst you're there, if you're interested in becoming a funded stock trader, there's an option there with TradeNet that uh, I've managed to sort out with Scott. And you can get in the door there and... Basically, you get trained up to become a trader and trade on TradeNets funds. So go and check that out over there on TradingNut.com. The links are all there. Um, hope you enjoy it. Now, guys, I will see you all on the next episode of the Trading TradingNut podcast. Uh, if I don't see you there, I'll see you in the markets.